everybody and welcome to Gaming the System. You're joining me, Alex and Matt. We're here to talk about gaming and feminism and how they intersect and we're ready for a brand new year, 2023. Hope you all had a lovely time celebrating the end of 2022 and what better way to kick off than to talk about what was certainly my game of the year for 2022 and that's God of War Ragnarok. Thankfully, finally, we can actually talk about it now. This is going to be pretty spoilerific, what those in the know would turn a spoiler cast. Uh, so you have been warned, if you haven't played God of War Ragnarok or haven't finished it, Platinum Day, as we both have, then please stay clear if you don't want any spoilers. And that's my warning done, basically. So I guess I'll kick off just by asking, like, where do we start, Matt? Where would you like to start? There's so much to discuss. Well, first off, just holy shit, was it indescribable? That's unfortunately the, the first word that came out of me was that it's impossible to capture the the scale and majesty and depth and brilliance and nuance of all of it. And just thinking they pulled it off somehow. They managed to create such a it made me realize how intimate and small the first game was um and uh it's just yeah ridiculous Mm -hmm. and um how about you what's your first i know it's um it's definitely bigger and and better in, in like pretty much all the ways that it could be definitely I, I can't even like you think after even after like an hour in you're like oh my god this is the best game ever and then it just keeps getting more and more every like the further and you go there's so many surprises so many twists and turns so many things that just blow your mind <laughs> um so at least that's how i felt when i played it uh uh, it just, yeah, I can't even begin start putting it into words, really. But we will try. This is the point of this podcast. Um, I guess one of the things to start with, perhaps, would be just your like. Well, one of the biggest things about the game is probably the story. Um, there's a lot to cover there because a lot happens. But um, I guess we can start with our general impressions of the story itself. The changes in the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, and just like all the different character arcs, the growth of characters, all, all that sort of thing, really. I, I, I could probably have like entire episodes, episodes on each character. That's how like deep the story went into like each of each of the characters. And what's so cool is that I think the game rewards you for for going and finding out more about each of these characters and their backstories, even um, characters like side enemies from the first game, like Secret, um, one of the um, Valkyries, there was a whole mission side quest on her backstory, which I found absolutely fascinating, but it wasn't even like a major part of the story. That's uh, it's just so many, so many, things about every quest even if it's a side quest it just feels like it really matters to the whole and it's not just stuck in there just because 
Um, and I, I really can't even begin to comprehend how much of an effort must have gone into piling this all together. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Matt. Yeah, on that on that note of every single side quest feeling like it seriously mattered and yeah. it seriously gave you something that you would expect would be they would crowbar into the main mm. story but the, the to put in perspective the last two trophies that i got were finishing the mimir quest line mm. of killing all of those like evil warrior spirits and i remember going through a bit of that thinking oh, i just want to do this to get the platinum so i'm not surprised by anything when i'm talking about it later on um, and thinking them, they're a bit of sort of a, a, a lesser version of the Valkyrie fights because they serve the same sort of mechanic. You go and find this, this, this gravestone. Yeah, gravestone. This yeah. list of enemies in one yeah. thing, and Mimir's at Kratos talking to Mimir because Mimir is sort of full of vengeance and anger, and Kratos is sort of talking to him trying to talk him down but then it gets towards near the end and kratos is going very well we shall stop them and mm -hmm. then at the end mimir says oh i i i don't care about vengeance anymore i just want them to not hurt anyone and then after you've killed the final one um mimir says that to kratos and says well, well why did you we didn't have to do this. And and Kratos says something like I you can't you can't be talked out of vengeance. You have to arrive there yourself. And that so that was a tremendous gift that Kratos gave to Mimir, something that he was never able to have when he was consumed with vengeance. And Mimir says, You've come a long way since I met you on top of that count, that mountain. And then Kratos said, I have had good counsel since then, brother. Yeah. And, oh. It's just so good. It's just so, like, it made my heart swell every time there was, like, there's just the relationships are so wonderful, like, between all of the characters. And it just makes me feel all wholesome and lovely. And just it's so complex, like, the layers how that you can see it change as you play through. You're like, oh, it wasn't like this earlier in the game. Now we can see how it's changed. Uh, it's just an absolute emotional roller coaster. The times I nearly cried, like I cried at least three times properly, like properly something. But there were so many times I was like this close to crying. Um, and I was like, what have you done to me, video game? <laughs> That's not how video games work. <laughs> But yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, that um, was. Like, um, oh no, go ahead. No, you go. You go. Um, so that was the either the last or the second to last. I mm. think it was the second to last one yeah. that I did, and then that touched me because Kratos. Yeah. One of the massive things is Kratos calls everyone by their name. Yes. Yeah. In it, that he never did. The only person he called by name in the first one was Atreus. And yes. interestingly, Boulder, I suppose, because he only he talks to his son and he talks to his enemies. Um, so that goes to show that that's 
I suppose that's the only form of contact he's able to process at that time. Mm-hmm. But this one, he calls everyone by their name, that bit at the end calling Mimir brother. Yeah. Oh, oh. And then the the final mission was um, uh, defeating the uh, the new Valkyrie queen no. who hated Freya yeah. and Freya. Start, first off, her letting her choosing not to fight for fight against Kratos anymore. I mm. thought that. Daniel Basuti, the actress who played her, they got that perfect. That's so good. That's 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 a that's the linchpin of the entire first game, and Ooh. how the depth of horror and anguish that meant that she kept her son, like under this spell for a hundred years until he went insane that she was able to to turn away from that and then she tries to do that at the end with this the valkyrie queen and says i understand this hatred you feel and you have to let it go and then the valkyrie queen just goes end it and freya kills her and she does yeah, I, think, I wasn't sure whether she would, and then when she did, I was just like, "Oh, it happened! It happened!" Oh, it was just so. There's so much going on there, so good, and it, like that whole scene that you mentioned when, like you say, it's the, like the linchpin of the first game, where Freya decides to forgive essentially, and um, and becomes an ally with Kratos again was absolutely one of the standout scenes for me, especially after the big battle with Nidhogg. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. I can't go over how incredible that battle was as well. The God of War has a reputation for just, like, really great surprise moments, and that was that was one of them. You just think... You get a feeling when when games go all quiet, or you think, "Oh, there's going to be something that's going to happen here," but it always catches me off guard. The way that Nidhogg exploded out of the wall, and then there's this absolutely amazing battle. None of what I loved about the combat, also, um, being someone who's not quite as good at combat as other people, um, is that it felt like. It always felt like a massive challenge, but it never felt impossible to me. Um, and uh, I played with my other half, and we kind of swapped it around whenever <laughs> one of us tried. I was I'm a terrible backseat gamer. Um, um, yeah, but it, it never felt like too much of a challenge, the combat. And it was always, because it was so, it was just the visuals, everything about it was so great. That that was that was only a positive. It all added to it and made it into this like amazing experience. Generally, we're using a lot of um, what's the word superlatives, <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, I can't even. I don't know even know what they did to make the lighting and the lens flares happen with all that. Like, what do they call it in game? Was it like the bifrost energy? Mm. Yeah, I don't even, yeah. like. How does the, how does it how do they make it look that good? <laughs> I don't even. Uh, one was... one thing that 
I get. You always hear stories when you look at when you like hear interviews of like game development specifically, even the most massive ones. There are always things that the developers goes, "Oh, we had this idea for this one, but we just didn't have time. We just didn't have time to do this thing, so we had to settle with pulling it back a bit." But I've never felt that so much that a game has gone. We have had the most epic ideas, eight years worth of epic ideas, and we were able to execute every one of them because every, because the 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 second half of Vanaheim mm. it's completely yeah. optional. Yeah. That entire it it's like an entire game. new game in itself, isn't it? It's just yeah, you don't even have yeah. That was where you another. It turns out that the your wife fought for there before you met her, and you and just Kratos learning about how wonderful his wife was, and finally meeting his wife and seeing how they interacted with her that yeah. was one of the most emotional moments yeah, when, he definitely. Was, when he was alone with her and said that uh, when you die the part of you dies with me yeah i'll always be with you yeah seeing that side so, of kratos is something i think we've always wondered about with the kind of set up in the first game and uh seeing it play out in the second game it was just really a lovely payoff, definitely. And how how powerful Laufey is just in the, like, working her magic, like, in the background. Not even, like, Kratos and Atreus really understood all of it. And they're still learning now. They're still, like, discovering these things and all these revelations about her. Um, and I think it just shows how powerful she is as a character, but in such, an, such a sort of understated Play. like she's not she's not overt about it obviously because that's the whole that's how she operates she had to be so secretive even from those closest to her like i can't even like there's every character's got such a complex load of things coming at them from all sides i don't really know how to explain it but uh if you sit back and examine like how every character interacts with every other character and all the emotions that brings into it. You could you could literally write a book <laughs> on it, honestly. Um yeah. And yeah, the the right, let's talk so that was just that was a, a tear, teary moment. It was. Um another teary moment was um when uh um, Shall I give you one of mine? I yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I was trying to. Say, I've got a list of them. I was trying to decide whether yeah. I should go for a big one or one of the the smaller ones. Yeah, this know. one's uh, this one's a pretty big one, and it involves uh, Sindri. Um, mm. So after after Brock has died, spoilers, um, and you go and you try and speak to him, and you're feeling all the emotions of Brock dying and how sad. Atreus isn't how right he wants to make it and you go to him and you see the change in him is the starkest change 
I think I've ever seen like played out just so well not even like verbally acknowledged you just take it all in with your eyes and you notice you see he's not wearing any gloves his hair's all messy his eyes are like bright red he's just so angry in his face and then he starts speaking and you're like wow <laughs> he's really it's just oh so many emotions and it made me so upset to see because um Atreus and Sindri, of course, had developed such a close relationship, and you got to see that when you start playing as Atreus, which was another amazing thing. Nice. Um, and you get to go on little side missions with Sindri and Atreus, and I think it's amazing. Um, but seeing that relationship then break down in such such a like shattering way is it was absolutely horrible, and I felt all the emotions for Atreus and for Sindri, and the way you. You just know it's completely done as soon as Sindri tells him to fuck off, basically, because he never swears. And uh, you know that things are wrong. There's several ways that you can tell that Sindri's just completely gone off a cliff because he can't deal with what's happening. And to see it, like, shown to you in so many different ways was, like, absolutely incredible. Um and that was when I cried. That's really, <laughs> I had to take 10 minutes because I was properly sobbing. Uh, yeah, like the, the amount of times I turned to my other half, just like, can we pause it? I need some tissues. I can't, can we take a minute? Um, yeah, that was one of mine, definitely. And seeing how Cindy stays that way for pretty much the rest of the game, it's one of the saddest parts that I think if I, can't think back and remember in terms of the whole story is that his story is never it doesn't have a happy ending and, and of course that's what life is like sometimes but to see that happen to one of the most beloved characters in the story is just heartbreaking <laughs> um, and I know it looks like I'm smiling but <laughs> nervous laughter is sometimes how I deal with difficult emotions so um, for those of you who are listening, you can't see my face. But I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. But yeah, I don't know how you felt about that scene. Yeah, that really, that really felt. I think they've they've set up future games in a very skillful way because I feel like Kratos' story is has wrapped up. The final. Um, giant shrine with him yes. in gold yeah that that one mm. broke me that one, well. that one was clearly yeah how was... far he's come and that this he's he's found this he's found his peace yeah a new life and freya my favorite like companions to go together were kratos and freya I love I I love the two of them just exploring together. Um and it feels like everyone else got either they got justice, they got peace, they got a new purpose. Um but Sindri lost everything. He lost he literally lost everything. The yeah. only thing he had any attachment to was his brother and 
just in the way that Freya couldn't uh, bear the thought of her son dying. Mm. Sindri couldn't bear his brother dying to the extent that he went back and had him reanimated in some way. So that means that Sindri is stuck back where you sort of, your growth sort of is stunted once you defy the laws of nature in that Mm. way. And he, his kind of, he's something in him snapped in the way you sort of saw it with Freya. Yeah. But it felt it felt a lot different and a lot darker and a lot more irrevocable to me. Yeah. Than, than Freya did. And so my I think that Sindri is going to be crossing paths with Atreus in Atreus's own game in the future. Mm. Yes. And that that I guess. Because of course another part where I cried right at the very end is where of course, Atreus and, and uh, Kratos part ways, and Atreus is now going on his own journey on on his own, uh, with occasional probable assistance from Engelbodra, which was uh, another lovely thing which I'll talk about later, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, but when they part ways, the hug, the hug, oh, it was so good, and the oh, it was oh, I can't even, I can't remember what. The phrase was, was it um, Atreus remains? That was it, wasn't it? And then Loki, Loki's guys, something like that, wasn't it? But yeah, that, that got me right in the hills. Um, and, and knowing that, that uh, both characters have grown so much that they're, they know this is the best thing for each of them and that they still love and care about each other but they can do that and take their own journeys moving on. I think it's something that probably a lot of parents can relate to if they're playing the game. Um, certainly just so much to explore in terms of familiar relationships, uh, which I think can resonate with all of us in a lot of different ways. And it, I think one of the big thing, one of the big themes about the game is just not just growing up, like in terms of age, but also just growing and evolving emotionally as well. Um, but yeah, so there's definitely potential afoot for a game that features Atreus, most definitely. As for the setting, I think we've had a few clues, but I'm sure we can uh, discuss that later on as well. Um, I'll tell you one of the other scenes that got me in terms of emotion was just before the big end battle at Ragnarok when they'd gone to the bridge in um, Midgard and the, and the camp was all set up the, the night before and they're in the tent uh, and uh, Kratos is reading the tray or not reading, he's telling Atreus a little bedtime story as it were but you can hardly get the words out because he's just so afraid of losing his son and what's going to happen and how things are going to change and he thinks of course, a lot of the game has been telling you up to this stage, Kratos is going to die. We're all preparing for Kratos' death. And it's like he's suddenly realised in the tent, oh, that's going to ha- be happening tomorrow. 
how do I deal with this? How do I say goodbye? And uh, I was a complete mess watching that bit. Uh, it was just the delivery of Christopher Judge. And I'm so pleased he got the award at Game Awards for Best Performance. I honestly think all of them should have got a Best Performance award because in their each in their own ways, they just bring so much depth and so much emotion to each of the characters. But um, that moment, and then being able to finish the story later on was a really, like the amount of times where they're like, oh, do you remember this bit that happened earlier? Let's resolve that. Like throughout the whole story, there's so many of those moments where the, the characters are like, like you would in any normal situation in, with, your, with anyone in your life. You'd be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that thing we were talking about earlier. Um, but it does it in big and small ways, and it just brings like a sense of realism to the game and the story as well, which I really liked. Yeah, I, I like the 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 tagline on like the PlayStation Store is "Explore the realms," and that there's a reason that they chose that because they want you to just sit back and take your time and just explore. And there's just, there's so much, there's so much out there. And every single line of dialogue feels like it's worth listening to. It's not just like filler, like padding dialogue for like in between things. And yeah, it's how, how every single side quest builds your understanding of characters and to um, the moment where Kratos and Atreus part ways and that Kratos mm. is finally comfortable with the idea of him not needing to be watching over Atreus all the time. And the another, what uh, led up to that, another incredibly powerful and emotional part was when they've uh in hell when kratos sits down and says he he and just apologizes mm. and they sit down next to each other and atreus says oh, how about this when and they say without you i i become angry and out of control and Atreus says, I get reckless and irresponsible. Mm. And Atreus says, how about this? When when we're not together, just imagine me in your head and I'll imagine you in mine. And they go, isn't that perfect? And that's mm. essentially what his wife says in the dream when he says, I'm going to, when you die, there'll be nothing left it will just be me he's going no we're here with you in between and then they 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 perfectly resolved that conversation when kratos says i'm sorry Mm. and atreus says don't be sorry father be better yeah and kratos smiles and they stand up puts his hand over his shoulder and they walk off back to it's lovely back to series just so good there were so many of those moments and they sneak up on you 
they really do. They just pepper them in everywhere, and uh, it's just so well done. I can't, I can't even, yeah. I don't have words to describe. It's just so good. Um, there'll be a lot of that in this podcast. Just, it's just so. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem, where you get access to all our monthly Patreon-only episodes. You can also like, share, comment, or subscribe to us on any of our platforms to support us. Until next time, bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.